Hi there, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. My name is Sherry, my pup's name is Sunny, and we're training to be an animal-assisted counseling team. You're listening to the Therapy Dog Talk podcast, the show that interviews past, present, and future therapy dog teams about how they're making an impact in their communities. Today we're talking with Michelle about her experiences volunteering as a therapy dog team at the Children's Hospital in Los Angeles with her golden retriever, Buffy. We'll discuss why she thought Buffy would enjoy being a therapy dog, how your dog's temperament impacts where you volunteer, and what it was like to become an evaluator for pet partners. Before we hop in, if you're just getting started on your therapy dog journey and feeling a bit lost, I've put together a free guide for you, which you can find on my website at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. Without further ado, meet Michelle and Buffy. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. (laughs) Buffy's here too. She's getting treats. Hi, Buffy. (laughs) That's the only way to keep them here, I've learned. I know. We've done many virtual, and that's how we get them to stay. Everyone's like, oh, they're so interested. It's like, yeah, we're also giving them treats, right? Yeah, sometimes I have Sunny behind me um, during these, and I just toss her treats like the whole <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is actually, I learned after Buffy gained weight from eating so many treats that I use her food. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Yeah, well, it's nice to meet you. That and just chopping the treats up really, really small. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, Buffy is nine years old, so she's learned all the tricks of the trade. I can't smart her. Michelle, for those who don't know you, I'd love to have you introduce yourself and Buffy. Sure. My name's Michelle, and this is Buffy, and she is nine years old. She's been a therapy dog since she was one and a half, so we've been doing this for a long time. And we follow you, and we're excited when you asked us to come on and share our journey. Yay, I'm so excited. Yeah, Finn's mom actually introduced me to you. And then we were at an event together, but there were so many people there that I don't think we got a chance to meet. I feel like I've met several people now that were at that event, and it was so awesome and huge. Yeah. We probably passed right by each other. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was really impressed with Sunny, with her only being two and a half and the pandemic timing when it did. That was really her first opportunity to be in an environment like that. And she did fine. Oh, yeah. That's great. That was a lot. You know, that's a lot. Yeah. She walked around like she owned the place. (laughs) That's awesome. So tell me how you first discovered therapy dog work. Well, that's a good question. I knew some people that I work with were talking about therapy dogs before I ever got Buffy and I wanted to get a dog. And there's so many different versions of therapy, you know, work. I was actually interested in the reading program when they were talking about that. And so when I decided to look for a dog, you know, in my head, I thought, oh, that's something I would like to do. But if you've never done it or experienced it, it's all kind of in theory. Right. So I didn't really know what it entailed, but it sounded really interesting to me. So then when I got Buffy, the person I got her from had other dogs that did therapy work. So I thought, but you never know. As a puppy, you have no idea if they're yeah. going to be cut out for it or not. And, you know, I think I really became more interested in it once we were going places and people would tell me about their experiences, like in hospitals and things like that. Like they said, oh, I had open heart surgery and I was so happy when a dog came in, you know, and I was like, what? Like the dogs can go into the rooms in the hospitals. And so I think that's how I kind of heard a lot about it. And then, you know, doing it is a whole other experience, but that's how I first heard about it. 
That's great. When did you start to think that Buffy might enjoy therapy work? Well, it was pretty early on. When I started walking her around the block, it probably was around four months old. Every single person she would run into, whether they be old, young, instead of jumping on them or wanting to jump on them as a puppy, she'd lay mm-hmm. on her back and show her <laughs> belly for everyone. People with walkers, little kids. And I thought, wow, you know what? She might be cut out for this type of work. So that was kind of when I had my first inkling. And so I did at that age, even before we, well, we kind of started training right away, just puppy training. But I will say in my head, I, you know, I researched it and was like, okay, I want to introduce her at that young age to as many things as possible to hopefully to get her to a point where, you know, she'd be a good candidate for it. That's great. And what type of therapy dog work do you all do now? We work at a hospital. Well, we volunteer at Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. And we've also done work as like going to Sunrise Retirement Home. But mostly, you know, probably for, let's see, Buffy tested at one and a half. So that was 2014. It's almost been eight years in April that she passed. So she's been volunteering that long at Children's Hospital. And then in between, you know, we've done some other things as well. But that's mostly where we volunteered. Okay. And did she pass with flying colors her first time through? I wouldn't say flying colors. I'll be honest. We did the puppy training. We did some private lessons. But mostly the group lessons were the best for us. We did it puppy. And then we did, you know, beginner, intermediate. This was all before she was one. By the time Mm -hmm. she hit one, she was a teenager. And everything she had learned up until that point went out the window. And so that's when I thought, well, let's go back and do like a kind of a therapy training course. It was kind of a course just to go through what the test will entail. And actually just got her back on track. You know, she got through that teenage stage and I think it helped her concentrate. But we took the CGC test a week before we were going to take the therapy test and she didn't pass the CGC test. It was at a shelter, the Long Beach shelter, which is beautiful, but it's really (laughs) a lot of noise. And anyway, she got a little too excited about seeing another dog and so mm-hmm. we didn't pass so I almost didn't take her to go take the test with pet partners but you know somebody said you know what just go try you know just see what happens so I kind of went in with a different attitude of like let's just have fun let's don't put a lot of pressure on ourselves you're only one and a half if you don't pass you know yeah. we'll do it again And she did a really great that day. Like maybe it was me, maybe I did better. (laughs) I mean, I think I was probably really stressed the week before, like put a lot of pressure on the two of us. We kind of choked on one exercise, (laughs) but the next week we were fine. And I don't know with all the therapy groups, but with pet partners, you have to retest every two years. So we did take the test. She's a puppy, so she didn't get the perfect score. In pet partners, there's like complex and there's predictable. You're still pass and you can still go visit at hospital hospitals and things if you get a predictable but it just means your dog didn't do everything perfect and so we got predictable the first time as she's gotten older we're in the complex level but (laughs) that's the first time I've heard of different designations from the testing that's really interesting yeah I mean I think it's for different circumstances you know there must be some places where they only take complex it's just a different scoring system you know if you fail you fail but you can always take it again as long as dogs weren't aggressive or, you know, something that you could never come back from. If it was just they wouldn't sit or they got too excited when they were petting them, you know, that's something that you can work on and come back later. Yeah, I asked you because I feel like so often we only hear, oh, I passed the test and that like, oh my goodness, the journey. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. You know, I know some people who took the test a couple of times before they passed and then did it for like seven years, you know, yeah. or you might have had a golden who was too excited, you know, excited as in just a little too exuberant, maybe wants to jump up. Maybe they had to wait till they were five to grow out of that or to train out of that. So I would not say that anyone should feel like your dog's not up to it if at one and a half or two, you know. But you also want the dog to enjoy it. So if your dog right. really doesn't enjoy meeting new people, being in strange circumstances, you know, if they don't like it, then you don't want them to do it. But right. if it's just exuberance or, you know, something like that, I think that's something that you can work on and try it again or try a different type. Hospitals yeah. are one thing. You know, I know that Tessa and Finn do the air airport, you know, that's pretty cool too. And I love the idea of the reading with kids. We've never done that, but I love those programs as well. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, definitely. Someone asked a question about how you would go about getting started in therapy dog work. I know you mentioned that there was a therapy dog course that you took. How did you find that? Well, that particular course was I had gone to these trainers there. I said, sit, I love them. It was nine years ago, but I had taken yeah. all these and I told them I wanted to do it. So they kind of created the class when we were there because I had kept asking them and asking them. I'm not okay. sure they still do it, but I do think I've seen other places. This is just my own opinion, but the CGC test is close yeah. to the therapy test. I mean, I think that on all the therapy sites, I know pet partners, they're pretty transparent about what the test entails. The first part of it is some of the stuff that's on the CGC. So if you can't find like a therapy prep course, you could find a CGC or even just a group class. I think any kind of group classes, we did have that, you know, specific, but it was only because it was offered. I think that before we retake our tests, sometimes we have taken a group class. There's something about other dogs in the same space that they have to concentrate on you. It's a good thing to prep yourself for, it's like everyday yeah. life, your dog might do one thing, but you go into that room in a stressful situation and you're trying to get them to do stuff, they have to really be concentrated on you. And you know, you asked how you go about, in my experience, you figure out where you want to be a therapy dog. You know, do you want to go to retirement homes? Do you want to do the reading programs? Do you want to go libraries, LAX? You know, I would figure out where or hospitals and then see what therapy groups they use. Because a lot of the hospitals <laughs> around here, I think, they might use more than one, but I know Pet Partners does a lot of those. But when I did my training, they almost had us test for a different group. And if I had done that, I wouldn't have been able to go to the hospital because the hospital didn't use that group. You know, other people do, but I kind of had wished that I had chosen where I wanted to go. That's just my own journey. And then you can go from there. Yeah, I think that's really good advice just because some places only work with specific organizations, some yeah. specialize in different types of therapy dog work. Yeah, even if you don't know exactly what place, at least get an idea of what you think, you know, and maybe you don't know, you know, maybe you research or maybe you just kind of take a stab in the dark and then figure out what's best for you and your dog. It should be something that you both enjoy. Like I really enjoy visiting children and Buffy likes everybody, but she loves it too. So Children's Hospital is a good Good fit for me. But I also really liked going to the retirement communities too and visiting the Alzheimer unit. My grandmother was in an Alzheimer unit. So, you know, it was special to me. So I think there's just a lot of opportunities. 
Yeah, I know that's something we've talked about before is wherever you go, you want it to be somewhere where your dog is comfortable and also where you're comfortable. Because if you're anxious about the setting, they're definitely going to feel that. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't know that going into it, by the way. I mean, I just kind of got lucky that I called around to a couple of the places and they all kind of used the same place. So I thought, well, I guess now I make a decision. Yeah, I was very nervous during our test and Sunny definitely felt that. So we're still in between tests. (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah. So, you know, I mean, honestly, I know people who has taken and by the way, every time we take a test, Buffy is nine. We've taken the test, what, four times? Get nervous every single time because (laughs) you never know. You have no idea what's going to happen that day. Everybody does that. I know people have been doing it much longer than me and they still get nervous. And I'm like, you have the perfect dog. And they're like, today may be the day they decide I don't want to sit. For Sunny, she aced the skills, but all of a sudden she's like, you know, I kind of want to assess people before they're allowed to pet me, even though I used to just greet everybody. And so it's like, okay, well, how do we convince you that like, it's okay? Because that is her nature and what I saw in her originally, but she just hit that adolescent phase and was like, "Mm, let me figure out, do I want you to pet me? Do I not? Yeah, right. And she's two. So she still might have some changing to do, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. Well, that's great that you guys, you know, keep doing and seeing, you know, if it's going to work or not, but it sounds like you're on the right track. I hope so. Yeah. But, you know, I tell her all the time if she doesn't want to do it, that's fine. I'm not going to make Well, that's true. And, you know, some of our dogs get to a certain age and they decide they may not want to, you know, that's why they take the test in pet partners every two years because you just don't, they get younger or older, you know, things can change. Definitely. I was told that you're actually an evaluator. Is that true? Yes, it is. How is that experience? <laughs> For you? You know, it's really cool. I just became an evaluator actually right before COVID. <laughs> Great timing. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't have as much experience as some people, but it's really cool. I mean, I like being able to, I did assist a lot before I became an evaluator. It was kind of nerve wracking become an evaluator because then, you know, not only are you testing, you're not testing with your dog, you're testing yourself, you're testing other people. But I love like helping people, you know, do what I love doing. And again, that's what we tell people, you know, as long as your dog's not aggressive, you know, and they want to do it, you can take the test as many times as you want. But it is really what I love seeing is like someone coming in and, you know, maybe their dog's not quite ready. And then they test again, maybe, you know, a year later and they did the work. They come back a year later and everything kind of falls into place and they pass and they're ready for their journey. I think you threw in a definitely a key phrase there, though, that they did the work. I feel like some people might come back a year later just hoping that their dog is magically ready. Yeah, it's true. Maybe some dogs can just do it like that, but I don't know many who just (laughs) are naturally born (laughs) like that. There are specific obedience skills and stuff that they have to do. And I've seen dogs decide one day not to sit. Dogs that sit all the time. And that day they're like, Mm -hmm. nope. And, you know, they have to be able to do those. And sometimes that might be because they're stressed or they're done for the day. You know, there's reasons Mm -hmm. for those things. And also you don't want to see a dog who doesn't like it do it, you know. And sometimes people might find that out even later. They might be okay in the room and then later they find out their dog's not enjoying it as much as they thought their dog would. Yeah. Did anything surprise you along the way? 
Well, you know, I think before I started this whole thing, I was more of an animal person. Anytime anyone would have a dog, and especially when I didn't have a dog, even when I have a dog, people have a puppy. I'm like, oh, Buffy, puppy, you know. <laughs> but I would say once I started doing this, I'd become more of a people person. My mother would die if she heard me say this, but I think I'd become more of a people person. Buffy has made me see, like, there's something about doing therapy work and seeing the way a dog or a cat, I have two cats. They are not therapy cats. <laughs> but I know people that have cats and rabbits who do this, so I'm sure it's all of them. But to walk into a room and see how whatever is going on can be lifted, even if it's for a few moments, you know, to see what it can do to people. I didn't see that coming. And it's going to sound really cheesy, but the whole thing in Buffy has made me a better person, you know, just seeing the difference that people can make for other people with their dogs, sharing their dogs, you know, making the commitment. I just think that's the surprising thing. I thought I'm going to do something with Buffy that's just fun, you know, it'll give us something to do. And then they just suck you in, man. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really rewarding and I can't say enough about it. So that was a surprising thing is I thought I was just doing something fun with my dog and eight years later. <laughs> <laughs> right, Buffy? What do you think? That's really great. One last thing is do you have any advice for anyone who's interested in getting into therapy dog work? I think that I would just kind of research a little and kind of like what I said, I think for me, I am glad I researched. I do think I did a lot of research, but I didn't really know. I think to decide what is the best fit or kind of what area you might be interested in and then go from there. You know, if you're interested in a specific place, you could even like reach out to, if they have a program and, you know, they might help you through it. Like, here's what you should do, you know, or some places don't have a program. So then maybe you just pick a group that you're interested in that lets you do independent visits and mm -hmm. go that way. And also just kind of like, yeah, think about what works for you and your dog, what you guys would like. That would be my suggestion. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate you taking the time to share a bit of your journey with us. No problem. My pleasure. Right, Buffy? And if <laughs> Buffy's adventure, she's Buffy underscore the underscore therapy underscore pup. Yes, okay. she's named after Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I love it. Has she ever slayed a vampire? No, she won't even slay a bug. She brought in a praying mantis the other day with her nose. I was like, seriously? I've never seen her slay anything, but she oh, likes that's... watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> All right, well, take care and have a great evening. Thanks for having Bye. us. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Therapy Dog Talk. If you did, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on the podcast platform of your choice. If you have a guest that you think would be a great fit for Therapy Dog Talk, send me an email at hello at therapydogtalk.com. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.